Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Thank you for tuning in to the Revenge of the Birds podcast, part of the SB Nation podcast network. Hello, Arizona Cardinals fans. Welcome in. This is the Revenge of the Birds podcast. We have a special edition for you tonight. We're continuing our NFC West 2019 preview. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, the venerable John Venerable. And we have a special guest tonight coming from uh, their coverage of the L.A. Rams, the co-host of At Downtown Rams. has been podcasting all day. More than, uh, more than grateful that she's able to stop by. Uh, Alexis Kraft is joining us today. Alexis, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Oh, we're doing really well. I came back from the beach this trip to work, so I'm probably doing a little worse than you guys are, just missing all of that. And uh, John, how about you? How are you doing? Doing well, Blake. Uh, we're wrapping up our preseason NFC West coverage and excited to welcome Alexis on the podcast tonight. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Yeah, as we begin, Alexis, um, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself, how you got involved with, um, you know, being able to cover a team like the Rams, and especially talking about as a female in sports, because uh, let's be honest, it's still a very male-dominated field. Um, talk a little bit about your experience with that, some of whether it's the ups and downs, and just overall, um, kind of where you're at now. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I got involved with Downtown Rams because. Um, I've been tweeting about the Rams kind of for a long time, maybe five <laughs> years. I've just on my personal Twitter account. I, you know, I'm a diehard Rams fan. I have been since I was born. I was born and raised and currently live in St. Louis. So I've just been following the Rams my whole life. I've been tweeting about them, uh, mostly in frustration because let's be honest, for a long time, we've a very, very rough patch. <laughs> um, the St. Louis Rams did. Um, and I tweeted something during the Rams playoff game, um, that was retweeted by the Rams. Um, and when it was retweeted by the Rams, uh, I, I gained like a lot of followers. A lot of Rams fans started to follow me. A lot of, um, you know, ra- different Rams sites, blogging sites. One of the people that follow me was Downtown Rams, uh, and the founder of that, Jake Ellenbogen, uh, he followed me on there and saw in my bio that I was a writer because I had a little bit of a writing background. And he asked me to write for Downtown Rams, so I was doing that. Um, and then after I started writing a little bit, I did a appearance on the Downtown Rams podcast. Um, I guess people really liked it, so I went on more and more, and eventually was made co-host of that podcast along with Jake. Um, and I've been doing that now for about four months, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. I've gotten to you know know and network with a lot of really really cool people, uh, you guys included. Uh, I've been you know just kind of learning to navigate the sports industry on Twitter and all that comes with it. And, uh, you know, there's good and bad, uh, with everything, of course, um, you know, that kind of ties in, I guess, to, you said, uh, 
Jennifer, you mentioned, you know, being a female in a very predominantly male industry. Um, I mean, the sporting industry is, you know, very clearly predominantly uh, male, which is, you know, awesome. Uh, no complaints about that. You know, I, but I do, you know, uh, like it, you know, when I see fellow, you know, females being represented and getting out there and, you know, getting involved with, with sports and talking about it. And I think, you know, um, I've been very fortunate to have a good experience uh, so far, um, you know, working in this industry and doing what I do. I mean, I have had to deal with, um, uh, I would say there's obviously misogynistic type uh, comments that I get on a daily basis on Twitter. Uh, whenever I make a, you know, sports uh, take, a, you know, a hot take or something, it's, you know, because I'm a woman, it's super easy. The easy response is to be, oh, well, get back in the kitchen or things like that. I get that all the time. Uh, especially, I don't know if you follow, you guys follow me back when I did the quarterback tier thing that was popular <laughs> for a while. Um, I made one of those. It went uh, viral, as I guess the kids say. I mean, it, it exploded on Twitter. And I just, that was kind of an eye opener for me, just how many people were not happy that a woman was making takes uh, on something such as quarterbacks. But I'd say 95% of the time, I've had a really uh, good experience uh, in the sporting industry so far. I love it. I love networking, meeting cool people, um, and just kind of getting to talk about what I love, which is Rams football. That's awesome. Yeah, I was about to even bring up the quarterback tier just because that went so viral. And hey, you know, you got that, um, was it that, was that like an ASMR QB rankings or something like that that came out of it too? Yeah, I, um, so for the draft, the NFL draft, I went to New York and I did a three day live stream uh, up there, uh, coverage in the draft. And while I was there, um, we had kind of been joking about this ASMR thing because I, I, I don't get ASMR. Um, I, I understand a lot of people like it. Uh, I have kind of not really been able to understand the magic of ASMR, I guess you could say. But I, I jokingly pandered uh, to people who liked it by making uh, an ASMR draft video. People really liked it. So then after the whole uh, tier gate, as I call it, with the quarterbacks, <laughs> I then made an ASMR video about my quarterback rankings. Uh, and, you know, it's just for fun. It's kind of an ironic play on ASMR because I don't understand it. That's fun. Awesome. Well, hey, let's get started. We're here, after all, to uh, preview the Rams. Um, love being able to have uh, someone who follows them closely on, obviously, since John and I pay attention to one level of the 32 teams, so we can't take care of uh, – you know, all the other 31 at least for this one, but hey, we'll give it our best shot. So the, the first question I think that most fans have in mind is ever since the Super Bowl last year, even to camp now, it's mostly focusing on Todd Gurley's health status. Are, are we talking about trying to extend an elite player's career? Um, we've seen that with Larry Fitzgerald moving inside with the Cardinals over the last few years, or is it going to be a legit concern? Uh, the team traded up for a, a guy like Daryl Henderson, uh, moved up some, like I think it was a huge number of picks or so to be able to get him, and then they've got all these other guys in the backfield. What's that situation looking like right now? What's the latest on Gurley? So I would say the latest on Gurley, just from what I have heard and from what I have uh, seen on social media, is it seems like he's doing better than originally thought. But I think, you know, the reality with Todd is that 
no one's really going to know the extent of his knee injury, I think, until the season. I think it's something that the Rams honestly, truly do not know the extent of. I think they know that there's an issue. I think they're still trying to figure out the extent of that issue. I think it's really going to come down to the fact that he's going to have to get out there and he's going to have to play and he's going to have to see uh, how it feels and, you know, how his knee reacts. Um, Do I think fans should be worried? I don't think fans should be worried per se, but I think the reality with Todd Gurley, just, you know, my personal opinion, again, this has not been said, there's no scientific basis for this at all. But my personal opinion is I think Todd, unfortunately, is going to um, maybe he's, going to be a running back that's got about four or five years left in him. I think the knee is not holding up that well. I think it, you know, maybe it never fully recovered. Maybe there's, you know, a certain amount of damage done that uh, he is not able to 100% come back from. But just uh, my observation is I think he's going to have a couple more uh, really good years in him. Um, I just don't think that that knee is going to last as long as he would hope and and us Rams fans would hope. And I think the Rams kind of prepared for that with Darrell Henderson. I think because they're unsure of what's going to happen this season with Todd, you know, he's either going to go out there and he's going to ball out and, you know, be able to carry most of uh, the load at running back, or he's not going to be able to. And and Henderson, um, my co-host, truly believed that he was the best running back in the draft. Um, He certainly is very talented, and I think that he – is going to be able to um, carry the load if, if Todd isn't able to. But I think it's something that, you know, we're just going to have to wait until the first few games to figure out uh, how that's going to work. Yeah, it's tough because Gurley was one of my favorite running back prospects, along with Nick Chubb, like ever for covering the draft. At least I would turn on Georgia games to watch him and Murray. So that's kind of a shame if it is that case. I mean, it'd be great if he does have four to five good years left, but four to five years left total is going to be uh, – That'll be tough, but uh, I know that the Revenge of the Birds co-host Seth Cox, uh, the site, I should say, the uh, site uh, manager, he also was one of the big believers in Daryl Henderson as far as a prospect and even sent a message like, ah, of course the Rams would did him after he was taken. So that'll definitely be something where you're right on. uh, You might be right on about that, about the Rams being able to keep going, even if Todd Gurley isn't able to go. Um, How about Cooper Cup, at least? What's the status with him? Um, it seems that he is uh, a full go. I mean, he's been taking reps. Uh, he's been, uh, you know, taking hits in practice. Uh, you know, it seems that, um, you know, from everything that they've been saying and from what people have been observing, that he's back to his, his old self. I think the Rams are maybe still being a little bit um, conservative with him, at least because it's preseason. And I think, um, you know, they want to wait until the regular season to kind of throw him to the wolves and, and things like that. But I mean, it seems that he made um, a pretty good recovery and, uh, you know, maybe he's not a hundred percent yet, but I would say he's got to be at least 80 to 85% there. I mean, he's, you know, running, he's taking hits, uh, you know, it seems to be going well. Well, Alexis, you talk about, uh, the transition, um, from one running back to another in the Rams offense, but I think you would probably agree that the, the, the ownership uh, of this offense lies on, on Jared Goff. Maybe not as much, uh, you know, when he was a rookie, the expectations with Gurley being the predominant, you know, featured player. But now Gurley is uh, potentially on the shelf or um, he has the injury concerns. And so Goff plays a much more integral part. He obviously faced a lot of, in my opinion, unfair criticism following the Super Bowl outing. With his contract coming, um, his rookie contract coming to a close here pretty soon, and there's been speculation that the team may or may not draft another quarterback at some point, 
where do things stand with, with Jared and a potential extension and what would that extension might look like dollar wise? Um, I think that the Rams, I, I don't see a situation where the Rams let Jared Goff walk. I just don't, I don't think they are all in on him. Everybody in the organization loves him. He loves being there. The team loves him. Um, I mean, he led the team to Super Bowl. I mean, he, like you guys said, he got a lot of criticism about how he performed in the Super Bowl. I think he gets a lot of unfair criticism in general, but I think he is someone who hasn't even, in my opinion, uh, reached his peak yet or his full potential. I think he's still learning. I think, you know, he's just showing us uh, a glimpse of what he can do. Um, as far as dollar amounts, um, I'm terrible when it comes to dollar amounts. I mean, I will think one thing and it will go the complete opposite way. Um, I think he is more deserving of the $40 million a year than Dak Prescott is. I'll tell you that. Um, I would agree with that. Absolutely. <laughs> so, you know, I think that's probably in the range that Jared Goff would be asking. I don't think he's going to come out and ask for an absurd amount of money that I just don't think that's who he is, but I think he's going to want to be paid what he's deserved. And in my opinion, I think he deserves it. Yeah, it's great. I definitely think that my respect level for Goff, I know, went up. Uh, maybe it was just watching, you know, the Mahomes and him showdown, at least for some of that. But it's also good to see in Arizona, um, just from last year, to watch that offense be able to work. I believe I counted at some level, I think it's somewhat on the level of like almost 144 points to some like 24. So it's, I'll have to look up the exact numbers, but it's almost ridiculous what the Rams with McVay and Goff have been paired with, have been able to do to the Cardinals uh, since they came in together in 2017. Uh, but speaking of quarterback and uh, head coach pairings, um, the Cardinals have a new one this year in two levels. They move on from both Steve Wilkes and from... Uh, Josh Rosen and move into this next era of Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray. Cliff Kingsbury, who of course is a known friend of Sean McVay. Um, they both kind of seem to have the a similar, I guess, uh, reputations in terms of with both play calling, with offensiveness, and uh, especially with probably the Hollywood looks. I know some people would comment on for that too. Um, with every NFL team seeming to try to find the next Sean McVay, What's kind of some of the secret to Sean's success that he's had in the league so far? And how could it help his BFF Cliff in his foray into the NFL? What are some of those things that where McVay's been successful that Cliff could pick up from? Well, it's funny with Sean McVay because I don't, I think people haven't exactly figured out how Sean McVay's been so successful yet. If they have, you know, I hope they don't because I hope people aren't able to, um, you know, I think Bill Belichick has been the only person that's been able to really put a lock on Sean McVay and, and what he's been doing. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, Cliff and McVay are very similar in the fact that I think that they both uh, are very creative. I think that they um, know what they want to do with their offense. And, you know, I don't think either one of them is in their defense, really their team. I don't think um, either one of them are the type of uh, people to kind of go in and uh, follow anybody else's rules. I think, uh, you know, one could argue that, you know, Cliff uh, was maybe the main uh, motivation to draft Kyler Murray. Um, I think he knows what he wants to do. I really was a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's going to bring great things to the Cardinals. Um, I think he's going to put his own flavor in there. Sometimes I think it takes, as I did with the Rams, a new coach to get in there and be like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do X, Y, and Z, and we're going to do it because I want to do it, and it works, and sometimes it doesn't. But I think that, um, you know, I think Kingsbury is going to do a lot better than people are, are expecting him to do. At least I think he is. 
Well, it's encouraging to hear for that, especially after the uh, Cardinals' last preseason game where Rex Ryan and people <laughs> are coming out. And, you know, I, uh, I couldn't think of a more anti-Cliff Kingsbury coach or, <laughs> than Rex Ryan and, with the opposite of the bravado and everything. So that's at least, I know, some Cardinals fans would be encouraged. And um, I think that we'd prefer to have that score be a little different from the 144 to 24. Maybe there'll be some upcoming shootouts between the Cards and the uh, Rams in the future. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we would like to see the Cardinals actually put up a fight against the Rams. It's been utterly painful, really, since McVay took over. Uh, I remember the majority of the Cardinal outings against the Rams not only left them you know, bloody and bruised on the scoreboard, but they've done a number on the Cardinals offensively in terms of injuring multiple quarterbacks for this franchise. So hopefully Kyler Murray is not added to that list. But Alexis, I want to pivot to the offensive line and specifically uh, the left side of the offensive line. Uh, The Rams make a decision to let the very productive Roger Saffold leave as a free agent. He goes over to Tennessee and now Andrew Whitworth um, still playing at a high level, but is 37 years old. Is there a concern that the offensive line that has been so dominant over this, you know, two year run with McVay, um, is there a concern that the there could be some cracks in the armor here, especially when they haven't um, they haven't really addressed it to the extent that you would think with a lot of these players transitioning out? Um, I think it depends on who you ask. I think this is one of the issues that Rams fans um, are very divided over. Um, I think some people uh, have a lot of confidence in this kind of restructured offensive line, and some people are worrisome. If you ask me, I'm not really sure how I feel about it yet. Um, you guys mentioned Andrew Whitworth. Uh, you know, he is older. Uh, he, you know, while he is, you know, playing at a high level still, um, he's not going to do it for much longer. Um, I think you saw the Rams draft um, two tackles, uh, Bobby Evans and David Edwards, um, to kind of try to, um, you know, maybe groom them as his replacement uh, or something like that. But, um, you know, at left guard, like you mentioned, we lost Roger Saffold. Um, so, you know, we're seeing Joseph Noteboom there. I, th- I think it's his second or third year out of uh, TCU. Uh, I'm not the biggest Joseph Noteboom fan, but there's a lot of uh, Rams fans who uh, really like him. And then you've kind of, you know, in the interior offensive line, it's essentially for the Rams all new. I mean, Austin Blythe is our right guard, and he kind of um, filled in a little bit there last year. But, you know, just watching these preseason games, um, I've been a little bit worried about the Rams uh, backup offensive line. They've not done mm. well. Um, they've uh, kind of just folded pretty much. Um, so that is concerning to me. And I think um, the Rams offensive line is probably not going to be as dominant as it was last year. I'm not worried that they're going to completely uh, flop, but um, y- you know, I'm not super thrilled with how our offensive line is looking, at least as of now. Yeah, that's something that'll be interesting to watch as far as with the the team. I know Cardinals fans are worried about the state of their defensive line. They do have Terrell Suggs coming in. Chandler Jones is always is returning. It, it'll be interesting as far as with being able to run the ball. I was at the uh, Rams-Cardinals the last game last year in person to be able to see that live. And watching C.J. Anderson you know, run up the gut for well over 100 yards at least was the uh, basically the highlight of that game that you noticed along with uh, – the fact that Josh Rosen, I believe, led the team in rushing. Larry Fitzgerald led the team in passing. And 
David Johnson was your leading receiver, so the Cardinals were down to gimmicks at the end of the Steve Wilkes tenure just to kind of keep fans entertained for the most part. But um, So we've gotten this far, and I know we haven't even talked about the number one thing that I'm sure is on Cardinals fans' minds, and that's obviously going to be Cooper Pop, the Rams' service dog. Um, but we're going to avoid talking about all of that. It's a fun <laughs> story for those who haven't heard of it. You can go ahead and Google it. Definitely. Yeah, I was like, what, is that stories. even a real thing? But I guess yeah. it is. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I I have not heard of it until uh, you actually brought it up to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I'm just completely I, out of yeah, it. I, I think it was because my mom was the one who actually saw it and sent it to me in a tweet or something like that one. I think that's why it stuck out, was just because it reminded me of, like, that would be a perfect fantasy football name for you or something like yeah. that. So, uh, the biggest, Yeah, the biggest thing I want to look at is on the defense. We talked about the offense. There's been a few departures. You've seen um, guys like Nagama Kung Su and Mark Barron have left the team. Um, there's another year, at least, that you know you've got with Aqib Tlaib, and then Marcus Peters, essentially, a- after his acquisition, has been very interesting. It's been kind of a roller coaster with him, with some of the awesome interceptions and some of the times getting burned. Clay Matthews has come in as well, for the most part. Uh, he's kind of was the biggest offseason uh, addition to look like for the team. Talk about some of the, the defensive departures and the additions. Who's going to step up, at least, on that side? And is this something where the Rams' defense is going to um, keep ticking? I mean, as long as you have Aaron Donald, then you obviously have um, more than enough of a pass rush to be able to get to teams for the most part. But what about the rest of the Rams' defense? Yeah, so you touched on some departures that we have. Uh, Sue, obviously, was a, a big departure for us. Um we lost uh, Mark Barron as well, and we lost LaMarcus Joyner, uh, who's a pretty productive safety for us. So hmm. those were three key pieces that we lost. Um, as far as the safety position, uh, we replaced Joyner with Eric Weddle, um, you know, which I think was a good move for us. I mean, he's a bit older. You know, he's obviously very seasoned, but he's still playing at a pretty high level. Um, so, uh, you know, I think he's going to do well for us at that safety position. But we also drafted Taylor Rapp out of Washington. Uh, who has been playing uh, very well in the preseason and um, has even taken some snaps with the starters. So, um, you know, I'm excited to see what he and what will do in that uh, second safety position. Um, As far as linebackers go, you mentioned Clay Matthews is going to, you know, step in there. And I think that was another thing that Rams fans were very divided on because uh, in recent years, uh, Clay Matthews has, uh, you know, declined in his play and he, you know, he's had some not great moments, but, uh, I'm think, you know, I, I don't know how I feel about Clay Matthews up, but I kind of think he might have a resurgence here. It seems that he's, um, you know, been playing well in, in camp and, uh, you know, people are impressed with things that he's been doing. So, uh, the defensive line is the issue here, I think for the Rams. Um, obviously I know people are like, how can you say that when you have Aaron Donald? Yes. Um, we do have Aaron Donald. He's amazing. Um, but you know, you have to have some form of help in there. Um, I think that the departure of Sue hurts, but I'm interested to see, um, what we do at that, uh, tackle position because we have a few options, uh, there to fill in there. Um, Greg Gaines, uh, out of Washington is a guy that, uh, the Rams drafted and who had, they really, really like, and he's been doing good things. So I could easily see him starting, even though it seems that Sebastian Joseph day, um, has been filling kind of that nose tackle position because the Rams keep in mind, play three up front instead of four. Um, I don't know if I assume that they're going to stay with that. That's what they've been doing. Um, I think that they'll probably keep that, you know, unless something goes wrong or they have a drastic change of heart. But yeah, um, I think, you know, it was a bummer to lose all those key pieces. I think the Rams did a pretty good job at uh, quote unquote replacing them. 
so, you know, first game of the season, obviously we'll see all the starters out there and, and we'll see how they do, but I'm not too worried about it. Yeah, I wouldn't be worried about the defense. As long as Wade Phillips is there, I think, you know, <laughs> regardless of personnel outside Aaron Donald, I think <clears throat> the Rams will be fine. Just an outsider's opinion that has watched uh, uh, many Wade Phillips-led defenses have success in the NFL. But speaking of success, Rams were a top seed in the NFC a year ago, the number two seed in route to their Super Bowl appearance and their near Super Bowl win. What is your expectation Alexis, uh, on top of not only what you think, but the consensus around uh, the fan base. We talk about a potential Super Bowl hangover. There hasn't been a team uh, go back and win the Super Bowl following a loss uh, the the previous year since I don't know when. The last team that went back-to-back Super Bowl appearances was, of course, Seattle, but they won the first, lost the second. What is your projection expectation for the Rams' record this year considering that the division on paper looks improved regardless of what the Niners look like and Jimmy Garoppolo a week ago, Seattle is always difficult uh, and the Cardinals figure to put up maybe more of a fight this year. Who really knows? But what is your expectation win loss for this team? So I'm kind of been going with 12 and four for the Rams and here's why I uh, just looking at their schedule. And like you mentioned, the division has improved significantly, I believe this off season and, uh, I think that, you know, the NFC West is going to be probably as competitive as, it, as it's been um, in recent years this next season. Um, so I think 12 and four is a, is a good kind of estimate for the Rams because uh, of the competition. And also, you know, I always like to account for there's always going to be games that a team should win and doesn't. That's just the way it is. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to, you know, I, as good as a team is, I would never sit there and make a prediction for 16 and now I just don't think it's realistic. <laughs> um, and I think that the Rams, uh, you know, have a little bit uh, of an adjustment to make. Like I said, there's a lot of new people. So I think 12 and four is a healthy prediction for them. I could, you know, maybe, you know, God forbid 11 and five. Um, but I think they are, as you guys mentioned, going to see a lot more competition than they're used to seeing in you know the past couple of years in the NFC West because the NFC West, uh, I think, has uh, gotten significantly more competitive through free agency in the draft this year. Yeah, I think I, I hope we can agree with that. At this point, John and I will be happy if the uh, Cardinals and Rams can split games versus just you know being blown out, even making two competitive <laughs> games. Uh, but that's kind of where we're going to end up wrapping up tonight. I know we didn't touch on much with Blake Bortles. That was one question I think that I just ended up looking in my research and found was um, uh, with Bortles coming in, at least with the backup quarterback, is there any thought that he's a guy with McVay that will be able to see improvement? There's a lot of questions I know that some have had about and he's probably the best backup quarterback in the division now, arguably. What's been any other news on Bortles for the most part or how he's looked in preseason? Um, I have thought that Bortles has actually looked pretty decent in preseason. Um, I think, you know, he always has, you know, anytime, you know, Bortles has a moment where he does something, you know, completely off or wrong. People are like, oh, my God, Blake Bortles, you know, whatever. Um, but I actually think that he is um, – uh, you know, enjoying his role and enjoying being with the Rams and being able to work with McVay and Goff. I mean, I can't imagine that it's easy to go from being a starter um, on any team and then, you know, becoming a backup. I don't think that that's a transition that any quarterback, uh, you know, is excited to make, but I think he's handled it with grace. I think he's accepted his role. I think he's excited to be with the Rams. Um, and I think he's someone that got, you know, if God forbid, uh, Jared Goff, uh, anything happens to him, I'm more confident uh, having Blake Bortles um, step in there than I would be for the Rams backup quarterbacks in the past. 
Definitely agree there. Awesome. Well, hey, we're uh, glad to have you on. Now, we're going to wrap up at least for today. We've got kind of a thing we've done with the rest of our uh, NFC West team, which is kind of a couple of either jabs or jeers, which is uh, from a Cardinals fan perspective, from a Rams fan perspective, if, if I'm a Cardinals fan going to a Rams game and I want to get under their skin, like what are some of the different jabs that you would come up with? So I've, I, I had a few of them that were Cardinals related at least. The best one I could think of at least um, – uh, for the most part, at least for the Rams, I'll, I'll kind of leave to you first if you have any that you came up with or any other thoughts on the Cardinals, just for a little bit of, you know, playful banter back and forth. Well, I, I really, you know, I, I don't like to do this, but I feel like I have some good ones. And Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what does the owner of uh, Arizona and the owner of Chick-fil-A have in common? Hmm. Arizona, Chick-fil-A. Neither oh. one of them. Neither one of them comes to work on Sunday. <laughs> Uh, that's a fun one, at least for that one. Oh gosh, was there any Rams ones that you had as well for like a Rams one? Um, I couldn't think. Well, it's funny because I actually my friend did, and I when you told me that, I like thought of my friend instantly, uh, and I was like trying to remember them, and I can't remember. But I'm sure that there's plenty you can make about the Rams. I mean, hey, the Rams uh, mm-hmm. put up three points in the Super Bowl. Yep. I mean that alone. <laughs> I mean, I'm pickings. sure you guys have. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's hard. It's hard to rip the Rams for losing to the Patriots, though. I mean, and to be in that game until the very end. But three points, the, John. It was still three points. I don't though, know. Right? I, don't, yeah. I don't hold it against them. I think. I think that you, their best offensive player was nullified. They got to the Super Bowl essentially without Todd Gurley. Um, they had injuries at receiver. I mean, I I was still pretty impressed by their run, all things considered. And we got to remember, Jared Goff's still in his third year, and he was right. expected to carry the team again. I mean, he went into the Superdome and won. Doesn't get much much more difficult than that. So I'll I'll, I'll defend them <laughs> to the end of the earth. I actually grew up in, in Illinois and was there for the Rams Super Bowl in 2000. Um, and around that team, my my father is and has been a long time. Arizona Cardinal fan, but they started in St. Louis, mm-hmm. and so I have a, I have a, not necessarily a soft spot for the Rams, but I don't hate them as much as I hate the Niners and the Seahawks, just because uh, I know what the fan base has endured. So you're you're in good you know standings with me, Alexis. <laughs> but so yeah, well, the St. Louis yeah. Cardinals fan. There he goes. There goes John, the St. Louis Cardinals fan, coming in. A yeah, little bit. <laughs> I yeah, I mean, because um, that's that was I was originally going to go with um, I with. Um, you know, the Arizona Cardinals are like the fourth most loved Cardinals in the United States. Uh, That's fun. But, you know, because you yeah, have St. Louis Cardinals are number one, in my, at least to me, because, you know, I'm a St. Louis Cardinals fan. Um, and then Louisville and Stanford. Oh, uh, that's right. I forget about Stanford. But, you know, I, uh, I have a lot of, like, relatives who were St. Louis Cardinals, like the football St. Louis Cardinals fans uh, mm-hmm. from when they were here as well. So um, I always like the Arizona Cardinals. I, I interviewed uh, – you guys got some guys that I interviewed in the offseason, uh, Byron Murphy, um, who I believe is actually injured right now. You guys have to correct me if I'm wrong. But... He's back now, but he did have a foot injury he did for miss a little a, bit. Yeah, a missed, a, game. missed last preseason game. Or the first he's a one. starter now, yeah. <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. by default. <laughs> That's how our offseason's going, but no. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Michael Dogby, I know, uh, went to the Cardinals, a guy who I really like. Uh, I interviewed him as well. And I didn't interview Hakeem Butler, but I, he was one of my favorite receivers in the draft. And it was funny because my favorite receivers were DK Metcalf and Hakeem Butler and the Seahawks <laughs> and the Cardinals drafted them. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. 
Uh, that, that's how I felt with Daryl Henderson kind of going to the Rams right there. That was probably my favorite <laughs> running back in that draft. So I did end up having two kind of things that I came up with at least. Um, I guess three with one of them getting a combined one. The first one I had with the Rams was that the Rams can never sign Sharkandrick West because Jared Goff doesn't know the East from West, if we remember that a Hard Knocks episode. So it's like, I think it was like he can't find West or something like that was the, yeah. the joke for that. Yeah, one. that's good. I uh, like that. I'm going to have to keep that. Yeah. Yep. And then the only other one I could think of was the Cardinals were like Davy Crockett in the Alamo and that they met their end because of Santonio uh, or San Antonio. And that was like the, <laughs> that was the one pun. So anyway, we're the two, we're the two teams that were so bad that St. Louis kicked him out twice. Uh, yep. That's basically, it's basically what we've had for the most part. Fortunately, at hey. least we've had some downtimes and we're hoping we can be like you guys and turn it around. Yeah, I think you guys are, you know, I, I've been really impressed, you know, with, uh, like I said, what the Arizona Cardinals, you know, have been doing. Um, I think you guys actually had one of the best drafts, you know, that I saw, um, you know, you and the Seahawks, actually, I was so annoyed. I was like, wow, you know, uh, they drafted better than us this year. And I think that you guys uh, are going to have, you know, uh, an interesting year. You know, I'm excited to see, you know, Kyler Murray, you've certainly got the quarterback that everyone's most excited to see. We all turned on the Arizona Cardinals preseason game uh, just to see him. And, uh, you know, I think you guys are going to be, you know, significantly better. And I I hope you guys are. I think um, I hope that there's kind of a good rivalry that develops between the Rams and the Cardinals, like the days of old. (laughs) Uh, Days of old. So we could share something more than Kurt Warner, hopefully, though. (laughs) Right. Exactly. We'll great. take Donald if you want to pass him around. That that's something that we um, can benefit from. Yeah, I don't think there's any scenario where I would be okay with that, but anybody else maybe we'll we'll talk about it. Yeah, it's like a, we're not going to let go of Chandler Jones at least either. So, well, hey, thank you so much again for joining us, Alexis. I uh, appreciate your insight at least. I'll probably, uh, you know, reach out to you at some point during the season when Cardinals Rams are coming up just to kind of get some of the insight um, from you at least as uh, it's approaching. So I uh, thank you again so much for joining the podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much for uh, inviting me on. It was a lot of fun. Thanks, Alexis. Yep. All right. And that'll wrap, that'll wrap it up for us here on the Revenge of the Birds podcast. Thank you again so much for listening.